1: This is the Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network. Welcome to Nightlight, a horror movie podcast. One of your hosts, Prince, also known as Head Knight, alongside me, we got
0: David. Greetings, everyone. (laughs) It's been a while. Been
1: a minute. Oh, my gosh. Also known as Nightly. Uh, Freddie is currently not here. However, um, for those who don't know what's kind of going on with Freddie's situation, or if you didn't hear it at the top of the show, uh, Freddie's dad, unfortunately, um, is battling cancer. And uh, he's uh, unfortunately losing that battle. So they're looking for hospice options at this current moment. Um, and uh, Freddie is pretty much handling everything he can to do with that. Uh, so there is a GoFundMe that is going to be inside of our show notes. So please, as I said in the top of the show, um, go ahead and check that out. Anything, honestly, probably will help. So we appreciate you all. Uh, he's been seeing the messages. We've been. I've also been seeing the messages as well. So thank you all so much for just being there for Freddie as well during this very, very, very hard time. So thank you all. But we are still a group of nights with an absolute love for film and a passion for horror. This is a podcast that takes a different horror film to break down, discuss the ultimate question. Why horror? So with the lights, sit back. Let the darkness envelop you. If you like that and want extra horror-related content, head over to patreon.com slash nightlightpot. That's night with a what? Okay. It is 2023 and I am feeling fantabulous. <laughs> I'm ready um, for 2023. Went, me too. Me too. I'm, I'm feeling glad really 2022 is it. behind us. 2022 was a year that was, yeah. it was, it was a bit, a bit of a rough one for, for <laughs> some, for sure. Um, but it's over. 2023 is our new is our new year. It's a, it's an a upcoming, if you will. We took a little hiatus. Felt great. You know, um, you took a little extra one, David. Yes, that's I did. All good. Yes, I did. <laughs> um, but. It feels good. I'm I'm very happy that we are back in this, feeling ready to go. Now, we're starting in February. This is just for everyone to kind of know. This is going to be a a thing going forward. So anytime we do have a hiatus, we're going to take like a month off. So January, we're not going to really have Nightlight episodes to uh, shove out. However, February is when we'll be kind of coming back and all that great stuff. And we are coming back with an absolute vengeance, everybody. We're coming back with another... Fantastic, heavy hitter of a month with the new Black. So excited. This is our third time covering kind of uh, Black horror films. Last year, we uh, covered kind of a a nice uh, categorization of of Black horror films. And this year, we're just going to mainly cover Black horror films that takes away most of the stereotypes that we see in Horror films for black characters. So this is literally, it has nothing to do with, uh, like slavery and come upments and, and, uh, oh, hood horror. We're not doing any of that right now. We are going to check out the new black. So black protagonists or antagonists, depending on what we're, what type of films we're covering that have nothing to do with any of those stereotypes that some of us are used to. We are going to be starting that. With none other than Black Box. But before we do that, I do want to make sure to give a special shout out to our patrons over on patreon.com forward slash nightlight underscore pod. Oh no, pod, excuse me, underscore pods are our, t- our Twitter. And that's not with a K. Now, shout out our patrons over on there. First and foremost, I just want to say thank y'all for just like kind of sticking with us a little bit. (laughs) Uh, I know we were radio silent for a hot minute on there, probably like a month and a half. And the fact that most people kept their pledge was shocking to me. I was like, oh, for sure. There's going to be at least five just to dip on out." But no, a lot of people say I, I was very, very happy and very surprised, but thank y'all so much. And we want to give a special shout out to everyone over there who honestly have supported us, but special also goes to Kit, Kristen, Laura, Bragalock, Spencer, Lizzie, Josh, Vaughn, Alexis, Johnny, Layla, Eric, Kelly, Daniel, Cheyenne, Carrie, Stu, Anna, Stephanie, Calvin, Drew, also known as the Silent Night, also known as our podcast manager, also known as one of our best friends ever. Sc- <laughs> Scary Stuff Podcast, Patrick, uh, hello? Jessica, Jared, Jasmine, Chantal, Rio, Jesse, Joe, Kaylee, Rob, and Laz and 100% not least, Freddie. Thank you all so much for supporting the show, supporting the dream, allowing us to do this, um, Got some fun updates that I should have hopefully already posted by the time this is posted on there. But thank y'all so much for supporting us. Now, first and foremost, David, thoughts?
0: My goodness. What a beautifully tragic film that I couldn't help <laughs> but just sympathize over. And I, this movie brought me to tears multiple points. This movie will points. make
1: you cry.
0: Yeah, it's a movie I recommend for, uh, I recommend everyone should check out. Um, it really helps you empathize. Um, and I think it's also very fascinating. I really want to go back one step. I think it's always very fascinating when you delve into the topic of uploading your subconscious and kind of playing with the boundaries of what that means and what it kind of does to question the, the topic of self, right? Um, what makes you you and uh, how can you define you? And I think this movie does a really good job tackling that. There may be opposing sides, conflicting sides in this, but the film does such a good job to, to let you empathize and sympathize with its characters, right? Because although there are some people that are uh, doing things that um, fall into question of ethics, um, you could kind of sympathize right. with them um, because loss is hard, right? And for some people, I'm sure they could empathize with wanting to do anything to have a second chance with someone again. Um, although um, it, it's a constant struggle of like, wh- what w- are you willing to do to to get that chance? Who are you willing to kind of... Right take out like <laughs> for a better <laughs> way of saying it but my goodness um this this movie has so many fascinating characters to observe in it uh so many different perspectives i empathize with the families here um and we kind of see two and a half three families and um just the pain of loss and how much of an impact it can have and what it can mean for, you know, losing one parent or losing both parents. And this, this, this movie is a beautiful tragedy because it is painful to process and think about and watch. But like you realize the beauty of a bonds and relationships, um, in family and, and just not only that, but friends and those that are close to you, you see so much support here and, um, it's a beautiful thing. I know I keep kind of repeating myself that it's beautiful. It's beautiful, but it truly is a it remarkable is. <laughs> film. Again, very fascinating. Whenever we delve into the topic of uploading one's subconscious and what the, the meaning of self truly means to one, what defines self to you. And right. like, if your subconscious is uploaded somewhere and put somewhere else, is that still you? Is that someone else? Is it a just a fake copy? It's, very very fascinating. I recommend everyone to check this film out if you haven't.
1: Yeah this this movie is kind of like a uh, like an extended Black Mirror episode. It is yeah. such a really good story just in general. Just the fact that like you have this guy who survives this insane tragic car crash, but but he's technically pronounced brain dead, and for someone to initially still his brain and his body and kind of copy that like that's that's fucking scary but like you said like the motive behind it us just as humans and understanding the actual motive behind uh one person trying to do that is very very uh empathetic like we 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 as humans were like yeah but can I blame her? You know, like like, as fucked up as it sounds like it, at the end of the day, it's just like, I can't blame her. I can't blame her for wanting to have that piece of herself again. Like I, I cannot imagine losing a child and, um, I can only imagine how much you would fight tooth and nail just to have that, um, your baby back, you know what I'm saying? Like, and and even, even like coming from the perspective of, uh, having your baby in a completely new body, just having your baby's personality back. Like that is, that is some harsh shit. (laughs) Like, (laughs) like you, like you don't see your kid, you don't feel your kid, but yet our feel is a different. uh, Cause like, I guess for her, she felt him. And she just knew he was in there and she was like trying to get, to get as much back as possible. But this is a, also a very confusing movie, right? Like a lot of hearts are um, tied in, you know, like there's a lot of emotions dealt into this movie and, and I find it to be fascinating and beautiful and melancholy all at the same mm-hmm. time. And Good to wait about it. I really want to see more from this director Oh, Um, yes, please. Like, he's, he, he's fucking amazing. And I think actually last year, um, Guillermo del Toro came out with his TV show, Cabinet of Curiosity. And I want to say he had one. Um, but I could
0: be wrong. While you look that up, I want to, uh, kind of comment on what you said. I think you're totally right. I think it's very easy on paper to kind of make a, a judgment call, especially when looking at the storyline and say, that's wrong. Like I would not do that, but it's not until you're in that position when you're in that grief right. of loss and it feels right. like you'd be willing to do anything, right? Whatever it takes. So, um, I think there you could very much empathize and you also make a really good point, right? When you're, you're speaking about seeing, hearing, feeling, um, it comes into that question of what, what does it mean to, to be someone, right? Because some may argue like that consciousness may be in a different body, but it's not them because their physical form isn't there. But some people may say or think, no, it's all about the subconscious. And maybe you delve into uh, aspects of the soul, right? And uh, there's so many different philosophies that you could go into, but it, it's so fascinating how we'll, we'll never really, at least I don't think so, at least not in my lifetime, I would assume that we'll never get concrete facts about something like that um, right i yeah I, I think if anyone um is as fascinated with um, the idea of uploading subconscious as i find myself to be um i think there's a video game that does it very well and it, it kind of explores those philosophies it's a game called soma um highly recommend oh, yeah. yeah Soma's great that's yeah. that's
1: a fun game a little, little, creepy too. That's, yeah, that's perfect a, that's
0: for the a, perfect recommendation from this yeah, show.
1: Exactly, that's that's a good one. Um, I did find it, it. He was not in Cabinet of Curiosity. He was, or he did not do an episode of Cabinet of Curiosity. He did an episode of Mike Flanagan's The Midnight Club.
0: Oh, okay. Oh, what yeah,
1: episode? So, uh, I believe it said it was episode five. Yes, episode five, um, which was the "See You Later" episode. Um, oh. I don't remember
0: specifically what episode I that think is. But. I might, but I want to refrain from making comments in case people still <laughs> want to watch it yet. and haven't yeah. seen it yet.
1: Fair, fair, super fair. You should watch it. It's 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 a it's a decent show. It's it's definitely like YA for sure. Like it's young adult for sure. But let's jump into this, man. It's Black Box, directed by and please forgive me if I butcher this name, Emmanuel Ose Kufor. Jr. I'm going to leave it at that. Release October 6, 2020. Runtime of 1 hour and 40 minutes. Decent runtime. Budget of $10 million. No box office found, obviously, because this was released during the midst of the pandemic. A rating of 71% on Rotten tomatoes we open to the sound of a baby breathing and cooing as we go straight to the title shot a woman is telling her partner to be careful and to hold their baby's head up Cuts to parents rachel and nolan holding their baby she welcomes their baby home as she records an emotional nolan holding his daughter she jokes that he's never going to let her go as he chuckles and stares at the camera. She reiter- she reiterates the question, to, um about. Oh, excuse me. She reiterates the question again as the scene pauses, accompanied with static. Sorry, I, there was like a flashing lights outside. There's a, a whole like brigade of cops just like flew by my window, so I was like, oh, "What's man. happening?" Um, but. We continue zooming out to reveal Nolan staring at the video and looking through photo albums, setting every image until he softly sighs, throwing the photo album on the table. He's about to get up before pulling, being pulled back down to the couch, someone choking him. I was like, yo, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm curious because uh, later we find out that, oh, this is this is not Nolan, right? Like we, we find out later that this is someone else who's trying to piece things together, but this isn't Nolan here. This is someone else who just is not Nolan, I guess. Uh, what's mm-hmm. his name? I forgot his name. It was like Patrick or something like that. Um, um Thomas. Thomas, Thomas, thank you. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so Thomas, he took over the body i guess not on at his will but it being thomas we we, we have this interesting thing but we see that those roadblocks that he would get like where his mom would say like oh it's your mind fighting back or something like that so i assume this moment was his mind fighting back or nolan fighting back in this moment
0: but yeah, it's interesting because um, it's not very consistent with how these episodes occur later on in the right. in the movie. I, I don't remember if maybe at this point he's like maybe dozing off. Um, and I don't think he was. It, okay. Yeah, yeah. I think
1: I think he was just he just like he stood up from the couch and he got pulled back down and someone was choking him.
0: Yeah. And then his and then daughter I,
1: was like right in front of him.
0: Yeah, yeah. So uh, I guess we could just chalk chalk it up to. Uh, to His mind uh, trying to movie movie
1: uh movie I, w- I don't want to say magic,
0: yeah, but movie scare tactic, exactly.
1: Yeah, it it was it was like a reminder, like like, hey, by the way, this is a scary movie that you're
0: watching yeah. too, you know. <laughs> so I think it, it wants to um to kind of have you raising your eyebrow and wondering what's going on right from the right. jump. Right. It makes I guess it's honing in your attention. It's like, all right, time to focus. We need to pay attention from the start. And it's a good Absolutely. way of doing that.
1: Absolutely. Definitely agree. Um, I forgot to also mention that this this uh, series, uh, like Black Box and so on and so forth, uh, came from a midst of a few different Blumhouse films. Um, now, there were a bunch of different Blumhouse films that were coming out around this time frame. And I believe it was called like Welcome to Blumhouse or something like that, where they released four movies. It was Nocturne, The Lie and Evil Eye and also Black Box. So it was in a span of all of these movies that were I think were supposed to have theater releases. But th- since they were already done, they're like, OK, fuck it. Amazon Prime it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, bit of a bummer. But I remember it being a pretty decent spectacle at the time.
0: Watch this, movie, friends, yes, yes, watch this movie tell your friends yes please watch this movie because this is actually the best one out of all three of
1: all four of them this one's the best one for sure like this one's just god damn it this movie's
0: so good yeah <laughs> you know and it's, it's interesting because i, I feel like kind of jumping a little ahead uh yeah. with a thought but no worries go for it 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 almost felt like it was going to be cheesy at first, like, oh, very predictable, like what kind of the route we're going down. But even if you can predict that, which, you know, not to toot my own horn, but I did. uh, (laughs) There's still so many aspects that will catch you by surprise, I think. Right, Um, right. Because it's not just that. There's so much going on. Yeah, no, fair.
1: Very fair. His daughter Ava, now older, calls and shakes him. He snaps out of the hallucination as she informs him that they can make it to her school if they leave soon. Rushing out of the room, telling him to come on. Sticky notes reminding Nolan to do certain things are plastered all over the house. He quickly does um, his hair as Ava comes into the the bathroom, showing him pictures of people uh, that is a part of his life. He hesitates before answering Karen, <laughs> she <laughs> irritatedly corrects him that it's Kathy. Uh, he remembers that uh, that she's his boss of 12 years and he's their lead photographer. She reminds him to. Uh, to give eye contact and smile, showing that he's grateful for the opportunity. He claims, he claims that he's, that he's got it. She grabs his tie, helping him, p- uh, put it on, handing him his jacket, telling him to come on as she leaves out of the room. He stares at himself in the mirror before she calls, at, calls out that they have 15 minutes left. Nolan goes into his office looking for his phone, moving papers with brain scans out of his way. He checks another message from Dr. Brooks's office wanting to know if, she, if, she, Excuse me, wanted to know if he's interested in the cognitive research studies since a slot just opened up. His daughter comes into the room with some breakfast, reminding him that they have 12 minutes left. He assures her that he's fine, but she makes him take it anyway. He quickly puts on a rubber band um, on her braid. She voices that he used to do it tighter before leaving out of the room. He spots a wall that has a hole in it. And I also forgot to mention, like the bad the bandage on his hand. Like his hand is bandaged as well, because to point out that oh yeah, this dude has violent tendencies. He points the wall.
0: Yeah, he's. <laughs> I gotta say, I love uh, Ava's character. Such a oh my God, well-developed character, and just does so much for this story arc. Um, and yeah, like you said, like there's such good touches here, right? Like the bandaged hand. Observing the hole in the wall, you kind of put two and two together, especially later on as comments are sprinkled in. Um, Ava making comments like, you used to do this um, differently. And I love that we like get sprinkles of things that just feel suspicious or wrong yeah, um, and feel out of character. Uh, but it's not really blatantly in your face, um, artfully, artfully, artfully done.
1: Yeah, I completely agree because the the thing about this movie is that it 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 has such a Big subject, right? Yeah. I mean, we're dealing with loss. We're dealing with technology. Um, we're we're dealing with hypnosis. Um, so there's very big topics that this movie's trying to tackle, and I think it's doing that very appropriately, especially with Ava's character. Ava's character is insanely important for this Mm -hmm. movie to, uh, kind of reground us every single time in that reminder to let us know that like, like, oh, hey, um. her dad isn't what he used to be. Her dad used to be this very standout guy. And I would even say his his best friend plays a great role in that as well. um and I, love I, I Gary. Gary, yeah, thank yeah. you. Gary was great, man. Like, man, he, yeah, such a, a down ass friend. You know what yeah, I'm saying? <laughs> what a good
0: friend, man. Like,
1: he was just a good ass friend. <laughs> he runs out of the car, um, or out to the car. Ava raises her hands up so he can buckle her in. This was the cutest shit in the world to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sighing that he's sorry for raising his voice the other night, she understands, blaming it on him just being sick. He tries to explain, but she doesn't want to hear it. Telling him, uh, telling him to come on. They start driving toward her school, Ava worried that he's going to miss the right direction, but he tells her to wait before turning his indicator on to turn um left, I believe it was, making it to the school in time with a minute to spare. Nolan pulls out a pack of cigarettes, Ava wondering where he got those from, reminding him that he doesn't smoke. Confused that he thought he did, she takes them and puts them in the glove compartment. He chuckles as he reluctantly agrees, and I love how you're like he's like oh, okay, fine. Yeah. <laughs> she reminds him to smile before going in to ask for his job back. He claims that he has it. She offers to try the handshake again. They try it, but he doesn't remember. Ava optimistic that it'll come back. She gets out of she gets out for school. Cut to Nolan at the the Southern Texas Chronicle to meet his old boss Kathy. He sits and waits for her. She comes into the room. He extends his hand for a shake. She denies to uh, she denies it to give him a hug instead, since they've known each other for years. He accepts the hug. They laugh as they sit back down. She reveals that they didn't think he was going to make it, wondering about Ava. What a fucking thing to hear! Like, I are
0: coming out the way it's said too, like. It's we so thought you nonchalant. weren't gonna make it, like, yeah. Great, <laughs> but maybe it's like that, uh, sarcastic jokingly, like, oh, we thought you weren't gonna make it, right? Like, I don't,
1: I hope so because so, it, it's so it's insensitive because his, his wife did die from oh, the car know, accident, yeah. so it's oh, like it, goodness. like it's it makes it even more fucked up to me for them to say that.
0: <laughs> it's a little unsettling too because she's just smiling the whole time,
1: yeah, seriously like not like sorry for your loss or anything like that just like oh we thought you were gonna make it how's your daughter
0: yeah but you know what i think from a directing standpoint it's actually a pretty good move because it makes you feel confused just as confused as he is in the situation probably like that's very odd right just like yeah like it's like because if it's as straightforward like i'm sorry for your loss your wife passed away blah 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 right but we're supposed to feel as confused as nolan is yeah
1: sure that makes total sense. Yeah, I could, I could definitely, definitely comply with that. He briefly tells her that she's good, joking that she's running the house and him. Kathy compares Ava to Rachel, reminiscing about her stories in the editorials. She apologizes to him. He tells her that it, that it is okay and that it is nice to hear that, bringing up the reason why he's back there, bringing in some newer samples. She immediately cuts to the bullshit, um, letting him know that the publisher won't sign off on any of this. He doesn't understand. She explains that the photos just don't read. The level of his past work. He wants to show her new newer samples, but she cuts him off understanding that he needs this, but it isn't like he, it isn't like how it used to be. Her voice fading as she blames it on the budget restraints. Nolan goes to his car having a brief moment to get his anger out as he Um, out on the steering wheel. Cut to him going to the hospital to meet up with his friend Gary. Gary comes out to greet him, telling him to stop being down, knowing that he's too talented to allow that to get to him. They leave to get some food in the cafeteria. Gary wondering what the plan is now. Nolan doesn't know since uh, since no publication will see him. Well, do you know that like for sure? You just like assuming because one publication was just like nah, and it was a publication that you've been there for like twelve years. Like I get it but like just come- a defeatist attitude yeah exactly which is very thomas behavior you know what i'm saying
0: <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> gary, not only that uh, <laughs> but getting angry at the steering wheel that too that yes. too i didn't catch first <laughs> time but in gary, retrospect
1: uh, gary oh uh, lo- that's you know i i i glad you actually brought that up because a lot of this movie in retrospect you really see the characteristics of like yeah this is not him even Mm -hmm. though we technically only get to be with him for maybe two to three minutes in this movie um but like you very much could see like yeah that's a different person yeah i mean i I mean it's probably kudos to the actor that played him which i think god i always ruin this person's name but i want to say it's mamadou um or mamodou athi is how i think you pronounce his name
0: i was gonna mention we don't meet nolan until the end of the movie right yeah we know thomas the whole time but because we don't know nolan or thomas yet and we're introduced to thomas as nolan we just assume this is what he's like it's not until you know the second act where we uh we hear perspectives and opinions from other people, of like, "Oh, you, you're never violent. Yeah, you like, even. you're not
1: violent. Like, what are you doing?
0: Yeah, and uh, it's uh So in these moments where he's upset, you just think, "Oh man, that sucks. He just got out of an accident. He's struggling. Um, but when you right. have that information and retroactively look at it, you're like, "Oh, this is signs of being out of character right from the start.
1: Yeah, which is. Fucking genius.
0: (laughs) Yeah, very, (laughs) very well
1: done. Genius. (laughs) Gary offers to spot him some money, but he doesn't accept knowing that there will be other jobs. He asks Nolan about his hand being wrapped. Nolan frustratedly answers that he punched a wall because of a bill collector. Gary chuckles, questioned about him hitting something, never seeing him lose his cool. Nolan gets a call from another doctor regarding his brain injury. Gary thinking that it might be a good idea to take Dr. Brooks on her offer backtracking his previous statement about studies being risky especially since they've tried all the traditional doctors knowing that she's one of the leading researchers in her field and they have nothing else better to do pretty much <laughs> explaining <laughs> that he just needs to remember who he is again they head into into dr brooks office since she's in the same medical office which i thought was interesting i was like what is this kaiser
0: <laughs> i know right
1: <laughs> gary asks the assistant if she can squeeze nolan in um she explains that she's with a patient right now but she will go she will go check Gary's pager beeps for him to go back to work, wanting Nolan to feel, uh, to feel it out for a little bit. He leaves a seat in the lobby. His attention turned to Brooks, giving a demonstration on the TV. She shows a brain-dead man sitting in a chair, showcasing his memory on the screens, explaining that her team has um, has been researching this for over 10 years, trying to answer the question if they if they can wake them up. She is about to showcase their most recent developed device before the assistant calls Nolan in to see Brooks. It's crazy, because I think this device would have explained that like it worked like she was able to wake someone up Mm -hmm. they greet each other she tells him she uh tells him to have a seat And she pulls out a tape recorder uh, stating his name, his age, the car accident six months ago that killed his wife, and the effect it had on his brain. Continuing that he was found unresponsive on the scene, remaining in a coma for three days. She circles brain dead before continuing that on the third day, Nolan regained consciousness with severe memory loss. She circles that as well. She finally apologizes about his wife, understanding how it feels losing someone you love. Which, she ain't wrong. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yep
1: definitely not wrong um, you want, it's great oh, to
0: see this actress I haven't seen her in decades oh
1: man tell me show. about it yes yeah. yes yes Felicia Rashad from the Cosby yep. show gotta love her um, she's also in Creed as well oh for, I haven't watched Creed yet watch Creed man I will I, all of them I, I'm very excited for Creed 3 but like I don't like boxing movies but Creed was actually good as shit.
0: <laughs> if um, the only boxing movies out there are Rocky movies, and I love boxing movies, so I have to watch the Creed movies. Yeah, you have to watch Creed if you love Rocky, for sure. Because um, it, it was just passing
1: down the torch, and I think it did it did it in such a great way. Nice. But yeah, uh, definitely loved, loved seeing her. She just was like, wow, childhood on a screen right there. Totally. Um. He wonders if this will help him with his amnesia. She's, she's surprised that he even survived the crash. It would have been funny if he'd have been like, why the fuck does people keep saying that to me? <laughs> 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 just like, uh, Dang. <laughs> Uh, his head healing is, um, knowing that his head is healing well, she goes over all the past procedures, smiling that that what they do is much deeper. He's confused on what they even do there. Before she continues, she wants to make sure that the pathway to his memories aren't totally corrupted. He wonders how she plans on doing that. She questions if, he, if he's ever experienced hypnosis before. Brooke shuts the blinds before pulling something out of her pocket, instructing him to relax and focus on the plus, the plus sign on the wall. He's skeptical is But she continues instructing him. He starts to focus. She instructs him to focus on the center and for him to allow his eyelids to fall. She echoes that his eyes are getting heavier as his eyes begin to close. He opens them back up into a dark room, looking around for a moment to nothingness, noticing that his hand is healed. He asks her what this is. Brooke starts a timer. Nolan hears the timer clicking as she continues looking around before walking forward. He hears a sharp crunching noise. He calls out to whatever it is. The question Gathering her attention, the crunching continues, uh, continues around him as footsteps approach him. Something touches his shoulder. He leaps out of the chair, screaming. She stops the timer, sighing from um, sighing from the excitement, convincing him that, she, that he's fine. Wondering what he saw, he questions what she did to him. She claims that he, that. Uh, she claims to have done nothing, but he doesn't believe her, knowing that it is the same thing that, that he sees in his nightmare. She explains how, how this exercise works and that nobody has ever seen anything until after m- multiple sessions, excited that he was able to see something this fast and soon, claiming that his subconscious is active and that, this, and that his memories are there, knowing that they are deep but there, thinking that the, her treatment can reverse his condition. Still freaked out, he tells her that he needs to think about it before storming out of the office.
0: Fucking hell! <sighs> I think I think she does such a great job in her acting and portraying that she's very eager, but it's not giving it away too much, right? It's like something's yeah. up, but you just seem very maybe excited about your research and kind of proving that this works, um, right? Um, so. It's not, not giving you too much. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but
1: like, it, but you're right. Like, it's not giving a, a lot away. Um, it, it's very much playing along with the facade, right? Mm-hmm. This, this very mysterious type of um, experience that we see here, for sure. So, one hundred percent right on that. Cuts to Nolan back at home while Ava is still uh, still at school, waiting for him with his, with her teacher, Miss Everett, wondering if there's anyone else that can pick her up, thinking that Nolan must have got forgotten uh, forgotten again. Ava assures her that he's running a little late. Everett's uh, comment said it is 30 degrees and they should wait inside. Ava then corrects her saying it's 42 degrees actually. Doesn't drop <laughs> below 30s until next week.
0: <laughs> uh, you know, I, I found that so comedic. But at the same time, my, I felt so sad for her because it's I like did too.
1: 40s are still freezing. Yeah, still really cold.
0: I and, was in California.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, 40s in California for sure. Cold. But um, yeah, it's it was interesting. Cause I, I felt so bad for her in this moment where oh, it's just like, like, fuck dude. Like, even though her dad is there, her dad is not there.
0: Yeah. It's, it's in really in, in
1: retrospect, like he's genuinely not there, but like for her in that moment, she's just yeah. like, like he, he literally is not the same person that he used to be. And I felt like more bad for her. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Me <laughs> like too. Than anyone in this my, movie my heart damn
0: broke for Ava the entire movie. And um, you know, she just lost her mother and right. now she's really like standing up to to aid her dad in whatever way she can, but she's just a small child and right. It's who had to uh, grow must, up
1: really fast.
0: Yeah, and that must be so tough and to have moments like this where like you know, it's already tough for a a kid that doesn't have any responsibilities except for being a kid to yeah. get forgotten about at school. I can only imagine how internally tough it was for her. So, yeah, um, moments like this uh, have a lot of impact, and I think they're very necessary for the movie, and it does a really good job.
1: I agree. It it, it also reminds me of like as a kid, like when you would get lost in like a department store or something yeah. like it, it it brought memories of like that back i've never got left at school before i guess so i mean that's not true i've had to call my grandma a couple of times but like still it, it wasn't to this effect like i got to wait in the office i didn't have to wait outside gotcha. but um yeah but whatever Nolan is looking at some some mail before the, his doorbell rings he then remembers Ava as he rushes to the door opening the door trying to apologize but she doesn't want to hear it pushing past him to run upstairs Everett's understanding that he has a lot going on but this is the third time he's forgotten warning him that she has to notify child services if this happens again Ava is sitting in her room looking at a, um, at a picture of her family. Nolan knocks on the door she puts her head down, he goes up to her apologizing and trying to explain that they changed their mind about the job, causing him to get distracted. She apologizes about making his life so difficult. This broke my heart. He yeah. doesn't understand why she said that. She explains that he got angry with her yesterday and forgot her today, thinking that he might be annoyed with her. He, he wants her to, to look at him as he reassures her that he's, she's, uh, he's not annoyed with her and he's just sick, knowing that he sh- would be nothing without her. She reminds him that he says that all the time. Wanting to go make t- some dinner, he tells her that she doesn't have to do that tonight. She rebuttals that she does because nobody else will.
0: <sighs> I think these, yeah, it's it's tough. It's tough to watch, but I think moments like this are really key moments for what we'll learn. Is uh, moments for Thomas, right? Because Thomas doesn't he realize Edie. <laughs> he, he doesn't realize he isn't he he isn't Nolan, right? At this point, right. but. In his own sense of self and his current consciousness, he's trying. He's trying to fill in the gaps. He's trying to do True. what he can. Because it seems like he's not deliberately forgetting about her. Like, he's yeah. trying. And right. I think that kind of shows the ambiguity of his uh, character. It's not like he's a bad guy, right? It's Right. Everyone has issues and he has some issues. Um, and... He is a it's, bad dude, but like we find, out uh, yeah, <laughs> he is, is like... a bad. He does bad <laughs> things, right? Right, but it, it kind of shows like moments like this that like this person isn't a hundred percent bad, right? Uh, it's what crazy. percentage is he? I don't know, but
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy, um, that she even mentioned that because the way he flips on Ava later, like, yeah, where he's like like it's just a brief conversation of like his mom just saying like that's not your kid and he's like all right, yeah you're right and like you know like like, like so yeah. it's it's super interesting that he's just he was so easily able to forget about ava um
0: yeah it's very complex right and it is it, 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 and- it's,
1: it's tough like obviously we We obviously are going to be in a situation such as this one. Maybe not in the distant future, but, (laughs) or maybe it is. I don't know. I don't know how close we are in this type of technology, but yeah, I don't know. It's very fascinating. Back with Brooks. She asked Nolan about the term life review. He's, um, Uh, He's not familiar with it. She explains that that it is the phenomenon where your life flashes before your eyes during a near-death experience. She believes that this flash contains key memories that replay on a constant loop, wanting to put him in those memories. He stops her because he doesn't understand. Excuse me brooks takes him into another room uh with a machine called the black box explaining how it works which will uh, convert his memories into an immersive virtual experience she's confident that it'll feel real the goal being to put him into those key memories as possible um, as much as possible until he wakes up she fires up the machine Nolan, wondering how long until he sees results she answers that it might be a few weeks um Weeks that Nolan doesn't have since he has his daughter. With excitement, Brooks goes over, um, goes over to him. <clears throat> excuse me, uh, that he can see results sooner if they both agree to pulling all nighters together. And she's fucking stoked. She's like, "Yeah, I'm trying to get my son back tomorrow." She's like, all in. <laughs> she is all for it. ordering if he's good to go. He thinks about it for a moment before agreeing. Nolan sits in the chair and Brooks puts on um, some headgear inside the machine. All he sees is a grid with a cursor in the middle. She explains that this is his, she explains that uh, he's going to be entering his safe room, considering it to be a secret place that only he can enter. He understands. She instructs him to relax and look forward to see the cursor. She forces the cursor to move, wanting him to follow it with his eyes, beginning to the hypnosis state as the cursor moves faster and faster. She counts him down from ten as he enters his safe room. Room. The room uh, um, around him begins to change. At first, it's dark as his body statics and pulses. The room lights up to reveal that he's inside his daughter's room. Brooks wonders if he can if he can hear her. He agrees that he can. She reminds him that nothing can harm him there, reminding him uh, uh, th- reminding him uh, to not go out of the door because she won't be able to get him back out the door. That was that was so interesting to me, like the door of the consciousness and things like that um and if he were to go out there he would just be stuck. Yeah, very interesting. Very fascinating. I wonder if Emmanuel was also
0: inspired by the sunken place as well. I'm glad you brought that up because I very much wondered the same thing when I was watching this, but I didn't know if I wanted to bring it up or not. I think uh, uh please excuse me. I don't remember if you used the word inspired by um, I did. As I said inspired. Okay, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, I very much had the same vibes. And, uh, but I think it was uh, tastefully done, like if it was an inspiration. I agree.
1: Yeah. yeah. Like, like it, it didn't 100% give you remnants of it. Like, mm-hmm. we didn't have too many, um, uh, I guess, uh, images that seem similar. However, it was the concept in mind. Like exactly. hypnosis is the only way that you can get here and, and so on and so forth. And there was someone who was actually sunken in um, yeah. and they were swapping bodies and things like that. So like the, and, and so in a lot of ways, like I do feel like a lot of this was inspired by Get Out. I agree. Um, And it was just done in a very different way uh, that I think... Makes this movie extremely underrated. Um because yeah. I think seventy one percent doesn't do justice for what this movie deserves. Oh, in my that's opinion. too low.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's I think that's too low. Way
1: too low. I think the acting was also impeccable in this yeah. movie. Like I thought it was so very well done, extremely believable on all fronts for sure. And everyone just felt enthused and happy to be there. <laughs> They're like, I'm yeah. just happy to be acting.
0: <laughs> you know what? Now that I think about it, yeah, the entire cast I think had really great acting jobs. Yeah. 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 Even, even the children like,
1: yeah. Ava was yeah. fucking like, she was great. Like yeah. she, she was so like amazing in this movie. <clears throat> I have to agree. He looks back at the door. She explains that he can only count, that she could only count him out, uh, from inside of the room, seeking his understanding as she explains that she cannot bring him back if he leaves. He stutters as he understands. She explains that there is an analog watch, uh, there with him. He spots it on the shelf as Brooks explains that he's going to go, go deeper into his subconscious and will not be able to communicate with her beyond this point. He picks up the watch as she tells him that, uh, that he will be in one of his memories when he pushes the crown on the watch down wanting him to focus and concentrate on it also having the ability to turn the crown to move on to another memory but if he feels uncomfortable at any time he can push the crown and return back to a safe room she asks if he understands he hesitates but claims that he does brooks asks if he's ready and and he and he is he's ready to go he pushes the crown crown in and jumps to his wedding day at first he's confused but rachel quote unquote, we'll say Rachel right now, uh, walks down the aisle as in he sports a smile. She ends up in front of him. He calls out to her that he's uh, been waiting so long removing her veil, her face blurred out. Confused, he looks around to notice that everyone's faces are blurred out around him. He hears the crunching noise about uh from the pews. Someone crawls toward him while they are upside down, their bones cracking as they move faster. Nolan gasps and screams as he presses the crown on the watch down, jumping back to a safe room and immediately back to reality. Brooks telling him to relax since he's back.
0: Great moment. I think uh listeners of this show will know that we love this stuff, right?
1: Oh my God! I was in my happy
0: place when I saw this. <laughs> I, oh my God! I leaned God. forward when it started happening. I'm like, "Whoa!
1: What's oh going on?" Oh my God! Yes, and this, you know, uh friend of the show Troy James does the uh, does the the acrobatics for this, and oh, this is nice. all real movements from Troy. Shout out to Troy. Um, we call them Twisty Troy, <laughs> but like. It, it it's incredible to see yeah. this just perform to this way and a quick thing about troy James for those who aren't familiar with his work uh Troy was on um America's Got Talent and that's how he pretty much got seen mainly for horror directors. That's awesome. <laughs> he's been in anything for Jackson. Um, he's been in this, uh, Troy James is just, he, he's done a nice, uh, plethora of things. He was also in, um, God, it was the movie that made the books, uh, scary stories to tell in the dark. Mm. He was the spindly man, um, in that as well. Uh, it, it it's just, it's awesome to see his work just finally be noticed and it's, 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 great. So very happy to see him in this for sure. He tells her, uh, that he's, he sees, uh, he tells her that, he, excuse me. He tells her what he sees, but everyone's face was blurred. She's intrigued as Nolan explains that he got out, he got out of there as soon as he saw that thing coming after it. She wonders if it is the same thing that he saw during his hypnosis, wanting to know what it looked like. He doesn't know, but he assumes it looked like a person, but it didn't move like one. She theorizes that it could be his brain trying to keep him from remembering, wanting him to remember that it isn't real, wanting him to stay a little longer, knowing that, that one face should appear. He's confusingly re- He confusingly reiterates, um, and she feels that he can overcome this as long as he can overcome uh, the overcome what just happened understanding that this sounds strange reassuring him that he's doing well reminding him that the level of detail that he's that he saw is amazing wanting to continue pushing forward wanting to gain his trust completely to to continue he agrees Cuts to nolan back at him um excuse me cut to nolan um back with his friend gary at the door they greet each other as they do a little small talk walking into the room with Chinese food Nolan calls out to Ava about Gary being the surprise, Gary noticing the hole in the wall, they sit in the living room Gary wondering how the study is going he's getting used to everything, sharing that he saw his wedding, Gary excitedly congratulates him, sharing that that him and Rachel are the reason he considered settling down in the first place Nolan questions if they uh, were always that happy, Gary chuckles that they were and it was gross (laughs) already having this 40 year plan mapped out together. Ava walks into the room with plates and silverware greeting Gary, adding that she was the first thing checked off the list. She uh, sits on the couch smiling if they are talking about the plan. He agrees, wondering if she still remembers it. She exclaims that she does throwing the detail that she was also supposed to be getting her first car when she turned 16 and a half. Nolan uh, seems left out as he doesn't remember. She looks down at the iPad with the background being of her mom and dad she flips it over gary confused as he looks over at nolan nolan nods gary taking taking this to be his cue to console her adding that it is okay to miss her her mother and she doesn't have to pretend embracing her for a hug letting her know that it's okay yeah because this poor girl didn't even have a chance to fucking like mourn
0: her mother yeah she had a focus on helping her father which is very commendable and it's no one's fault, right? Um, no, but that's so tough on a kid. I, I I couldn't imagine.
1: Oh yeah, God. Like I even think about, you know, if this were like Ellie, right? You know, like if if she had to take care of one of us when we couldn't take care of her anymore, like that. Oh my God. Like, and and, and it sucks because like. Some kids have to do this for their parents, whether their parents be like alcoholics or drug addicts or something yeah, like that, yeah. where they feel like they need to kind of pick up the pieces of their parents' doings, pretty much. And it's a fucked up societal thing, but at the same time, like it is, uh, like you said, it's it's very commemorable yeah. because of how she holds herself together and things like that. But it that sucks that she can't deplete. even be a fucking kid.
0: Yeah, So, and, and she, she works with what she has, and she seems, for all the hardships in her life, she yeah. seems like a pretty happy kid. Um, right, I agree. Yeah, so it's heartbreaking.
1: It is. It very much is. Definitely agree. Later that evening, Nolan is looking looking at pictures of him and Rachel coming across a photo of their wedding day, but it is outside of a park confused by this he but he picks up a chapstick or excuse me a chopstick um from the ground twirling it around his fingers remembering the time him and his family were out having sushi he drops a chopstick on the ground next day he takes ava to the sushi spot she asks him what the what this place is he writes down the uh their order on the menu smiling that he brought her there when she was three this being him and rachel's favorite spot he teaches her how to use the chopsticks they bring out the sushi and she tries some he takes her um he uh he thanks her for her patience with him. Nolan goes to Brooks' office for another session talking about the day he had. She asks where uh where they went. He shares that he went to um I think it was Nisei is how he pronounced it.
0: I think he um, might be right or close to being right.
1: Yeah. Uh she is pleasantly surprised, adding that she loves that place while uh putting the headgear back on. Fucking hell, man. Like would this in retrospect. It's just like, fuck. like.
0: Well, even in the moment too, because I feel like the moment you see that he's studying the wedding photos and it doesn't line up, you know something's up, right? And especially with the memory in the sushi shop, You're seeing hands, and again, it's not giving you too much, but it's still giving you just enough breadcrumbs. Giving you enough, yeah, and then to follow up with Doctor Brooks saying, "I love that place," and like the expression on her face, I'm like, "Oh yeah, this is just (sighs) the right
1: amount." It it truly is. It really truly is, and and like it was it was such in like perfect delivery as well yeah. like for her to kind of deliver it that way just for those folks who are watching it this second time because when i was re-watching it um this second go around um i was really watching it from dr brooks's perspective this time because of the fact that she's a very enticing character and in some ways she's almost the main character right um we're just not in her point of view or her perspective but in some yeah. way she's the main character yeah. um and i found that to be very very fascinating for sure
0: um i think everyone here has their own story and it they're all like uh meaning at one central point right yeah. where all their stories kind of clash um and i think that's what makes not only the the movie great but like the characters themselves great because it, it they're all just very strong pillars Yeah, individually.
1: I agree. I agree. He wonders if he stops now uh, will his memory just return naturally. She explains in a very doctory terms um, that he has brain damage, <clears throat> which is the cause of him seeing blurred faces, wanting him to stay uh, – to try to stay al- long enough to see something this time, wanting him to say the mantra, quote, I run my mind, it does not run me end quote if he sees the upside down man again wanting him to repeat it back to her he does back inside the safe room nolan goes for the watch turning the dial and clicking the crown transporting to an apartment um, bedroom a baby crying on the baby monitor trying to get his bearings he turns off the monitor and heads inside the baby's room i also want to point out that he's holding like a broken hanger in his hand
0: as well you know what i realized um anytime i see broken hangers on on screen i get scared uh, because of mommy dearest <laughs> oh sure yeah. so like i feel like i for some reason like i saw like broken hanger i thought abusive abusive situation that's what right where my mind went to and it's like i'm like oh that's a really good like go-to staple tell i think people can rely on for mm-hmm. maybe either that or household. bruises right Like, you know,
1: like, but like, bruises are definitely like more a focal point. But yeah, like, 100%. Like, when I saw the broken, the broken hanger, I was like, damn, did he just, I thought he beat the baby because the baby was crying. Yeah, Um, I got a little
0: scared about that too. And
1: that definitely, that definitely scared me. And um, then you see like his wife in the corner. Yeah. In the uh, kitchen. I'm just like, fuck. Oh, man. Confused at the layout before going to the crib to pick up the blurred-faced baby, shushing and quieting her down before putting her back down in the crib. He looks outside the window, spotting Landmark across the street before hearing a woman crying. He walks over to the other room, passing up a broken plate on the ground. The woman has leaned over the stove, crying before turning around um, and where he notices her bruiser, her bruises on her arm before his attention is turned into the, cr- the crunching again, the crunching sound again. The spindly man twists out of the crib as Nolan chants the mantra. This was fucking great though. Holy shit. This was scary. The man <laughs> crawls towards him uh, as he begins to speak the mantra louder. The man stands up, grabbing Nolan, causing him to gasp back into reality. He's ready to take the headgear off of Brooks, stopping him and having him, uh, repeat the mantra. He unbuckles the strap, breathing heavily. She asks if he knows where he is. He nods as he apologizes, explaining that it felt like it was really choking him. She's confused by that, but then immediately writing it off that his brain is fighting him, thinking that he must be getting close to something since his brain is throwing everything at him, wondering what he saw. He explains that he saw his daughter as a baby, then his wife. Brooks comments that uh, patients are often surprised by what they remember. He shares that he was inside an apartment, not knowing how he knew, but he knew where everything was, thinking that the only place him and his wife has ever lived was inside of this house. Brooks smiles at this explanation, reminding him that that the device pulls directly from his subconscious, thinking that maybe he was there at a point in his life, thinking that it could have been uh, for a shoot. He disagrees thinking that it was way too familiar for that she wonders if any faces appeared this time he shakes his head telling him that he's getting close to stay with this i love this moment because this is kind of her getting a little bit more of a verification for herself that this is thomas right yeah exactly uh, um in this moment she's just like you sure you didn't see this on a shoot and maybe you're just remembering things incorrectly and he's like no like this place felt too familiar and for mm-hmm. her, that was just like, I got you, motherfucker. Like, <laughs> like yeah, yeah you're totally my right. son is in there. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's very, very interesting. Nolan goes to see Gary. He's quiet at first. Gary knowing something is wrong. Nolan wonders if him and Rachel ever fought. Gary chuckles that they did, but never anything too serious. Just a tendency to just he. Just him having a tendency to be late on things. Uh, he wonders if he's ever escalated uh, into anything more. Gary doesn't understand what he's asking. Nolan questions if he ever hit her. Gary's flabbergasted at the question, reminding him that he never hit anything, bringing up the memory that he cu- he couldn't even get Nolan to watch a boxing match, calling him a pushover, punk, and weak while chuckling. That would have been funny if, if Nolan would have been like, okay, oh, okay, okay, I get it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I get it. I, <laughs> I actually... I chuckled at this moment. I thought it was very. This was funny. Yeah, this was
1: definitely funny. Uh, Nolan doesn't think this is funny, though. Gary offers (laughs) him to sit down, wanting wanting to know what happened. Uh, He shares that in therapy, he remembered that there were that they were in an apartment and Ava was a baby. Gary cuts cuts him off to question the apartment. Nolan wondering if he's ever lived in, lived in the apartment. Gary doesn't think so, but it is possible since he was in a different city when Ava was born. And I think he said he was in Palo Alto, actually.
0: Yeah, he did. Um, yeah.
1: <laughs> Shouts out. Um, which, for those who aren't familiar with the Bay Area and Palo Alto— Um, and him being a doctor, he went to Stanford medical. (laughs) Um, Nolan gets up from, uh, from the bed, trying to take a deep breath when he realizes that something is off about his study, knowing that the place felt familiar. And Brooks said that the machine only takes memories. I was actually very excited when he said Palo Alto because I was like, look at that. A brother with the Stanford Medical. Oh Hell my yeah. God. He's not just a doctor, but he's a smart ass doctor. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, Gary thinks that this, uh, that it could, uh, possibly be a hallucination, reminding him that he had a, a serious head in- injury and has, um, a lot on his plate, thinking that things could just, Things could just be getting mixed up. Wanting him to trust him that Rachel would have told him uh, that something like that would have happened between them. Wanting him to focus on Ava. cuts to Nolan outside Ava's school, finding the clock tower from his memory on his phone. Ava comes to out of the school calling for him. She tells him, they just smile and wave at her teacher as she scowls and walks away. They try their handshake again, and he messes it up, telling her one day. Inside the car, she, uh, she raises her arms up to buckle her in. He questions if she's too old for that, but, he's always, but he always does it. She asks him if everything went okay with Brooks, and she does this in like a very chipper tone. But he bluntly claims that um, it did while sighing heavily. She asks him what happened. He shares that he saw her as a baby, but she had no face. She calls it creepy, while uh, which is, has him smile. Looking down at his phone, he asks if they could make a quick stop. A quick stop an hour away? 65 like
0: he, minutes, man. He puts and, the
1: coordinates in his phone, dude. Yeah. 65 minutes. Let's 65 take a quick minutes stop.
0: And I was like, ooh, this is someone that doesn't care about this child in this moment. And totally disregarding that, you know, she probably wants to go home and have something to eat. She was at school all day. I know. Um, I I know. I always was hungry after school. Always.
1: Because usually the lunches sucked. But, like, I I had a ritual. I would go home, pop in two Eggo waffles, do my homework (laughs) real quick, and then Pokemon was coming on at 4.30, bro. So, I knew that. So, like, Pokemon was it. And then at 5.00? After Pokemon was done, Digimon came on
0: on Fox. So Ooh. like I was,
1: I was on my shit, man. I like I have my, I have my, my things now. If
0: you were early <laughs> enough, you could catch Sailor Moon at four.
1: I was never able to catch Sailor Moon.
0: Oh man, but, I would
1: always have to watch the reruns and I'd be in my bed. <laughs>
0: I remember I would uh off tangent real quick, but uh I remember being a kid and there was like the boys and the girls and uh the girls always wanted to watch sailor moon and i secretly wanted to watch sailor moon but i didn't want to admit it great. so to the boys i'd be like you know what like just today we'll we'll watch it with them let's just do them a solid <laughs> <laughs> and stoned. i'd be like hell yeah Sailor Moon! <laughs> stoked sailor moon was
1: great man hell sailor yeah, it moon was, was
0: awesome
1: i never watched the remake of it because they remade it um, yeah i
0: tried and then i fell off of it
1: yeah like i i think i watched maybe the first episode i was like great animation this feels very nostalgic but yeah Yeah. I fell off Um, but yeah the show I watched a lot was Martin Mystery though like but that wasn't until I was in like maybe middle school I think Um, maybe even high school Um, but anyway besides the point uh, they drive to Marshland University. Nolan looks for the the possible apartment building, uh, but he's not finding it. Ava becomes impatient, wondering if he has has an address or something because she's hungry. He claims that he um he can sense it, knowing that they're close, and she. If I were her, I'd be like, what the fuck does that mean? Like, I'm hungry. Like, what do you mean you can
0: sense it? Can (laughs) we at least drive through (laughs) a McDonald's?
1: (laughs) Like something? He sees the same color game from his memory. They park the car as he looks around a little bit, seeing the tower across the street. He gets out of the car, forgetting that Ava is inside the car as as he locks it. She bangs on the window. He runs over to her, opening the door and apologizing, asking if she would like to come up. Um, She nods her head as they head inside the building. Nolan gets a flash memory of of himself falling down the set of stairs breaking his bones. Ava um, goes downstairs toward the elevator as he he gets another flash. He slowly walks up the stairs. Ava comes back up wondering what's going on. They go to the floor. um, He tells her to wait there as he searches down the hallway for the door in his memory. He comes across apartment A203 and knocks on the door. A little girl named Ashley answers the door. He apologizes for bothering her before asking for her mom. She goes to she goes to get her, but he takes this opportunity to somehow walk inside the apartment. Um, flashes of a. Uh, uh, Flashes from his memory flood his brain as everything matches and connects from the stained on the kitchen wall to the wallpaper in the living room. Ashley's mom, Miranda, gets up from the couch, scared that this fucking random dude is inside of her apartment. Nolan then realizes what the fuck he's doing, and he apologizes and runs out of her apartment.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I gotta say, I wanted to comment on this earlier. I'm gonna backstep a little bit, but like the moment that... Nolan Thomas sees like the, the green fence and even yeah. back to when he's in the memory of the wedding. I think this movie does a really good job of capturing what it's like to like kind of imagine and visualize a memory. Yeah. The way yeah, it's shot, uh, very much feels akin to how it, that moment, that aha moment, like when you see the fence and you just think back right. to. Um looking out the window and looking at that fence and Jimmy Neutron how- blame frame ex- blast. Exactly. <laughs> and even in the scenes where he's um in the black box and colors are kind of vibrant and muted and smeared at the same time. It's it's yeah, really that that. well done.
1: Yeah, I agree. Like not and like your memory is not completely what it is on that moment, but you're getting those traces and exactly. uh, kind of these shimmers of your memory. Mm-hmm. Really, really great. Nolan goes to see Gary, wanting Gary to write down the address. Gary remaining... uh, excuse me, reminding him that he w- would have never hurt Rachel. Nolan thinks uh, of the possibility of pos- of, te- of cheating. Gary pulls him aside, reassuring him that he didn't cheat and he was a good husband, reminding him to look at every everything he's done for Ava. Nolan cuts the conversation short to head back to Brooks's office. Gary does a little digging through Nolan's files, finding most of the notes to, to say that further review and testing is required uh, because of his neural analysis is inconclusive. Meanwhile, Nolan uh, goes into Brooks's office. She comments about him looking more relaxed. He sighs in agreement as she puts the headgear on, wanting to see a face this time around. She is about to remind him about uh, of the mantra, but he's got it down as he repeats it before she even gets to say it. She launches him in, she launches him in straight to the wedding. Nolan lifts the veil of his wife as the cracking man comes down the aisle again. He tries to ignore him as he shakes um, to put put on the wedding ring f- for his bride. The man continuing down the aisle, however, standing right in front of them. The bride's face shimmers and almost appears before he gets straight up and backhanded by this fucking thing.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damn. Yeah.
1: That backhand was intense. His heart rate increases. Nolan is back in his safe room, but he's determined. He spins the dial on the watch and jumps in, jumps to the apartment, going straight into the kitchen in hopes of seeing the woman's face. Her face almost appears as the cracking man continues coming out of the crib. As he waits for the man to come closer, he continues gazing at the woman before booting the shit out of this motherfucker into a chair. <laughs> <sighs> Her face – this dude was – this is Sparta 100% all on this fucking spindly man. <laughs> <laughs> um, her face still doesn't appear as he walks away – or as she walks away, excuse me. Back with Gary calling out to his colleague Dr. Reed down the hall, he asked Gary how Nolan is, spotting him um, – Spotting him in Brooks's study, Gary is trying to figure out something about that night. Not understanding how he just woke up, Reed claims that he was lucky. Gary agreeing that's what everyone says, but he wants him to remember what exactly happened that night. Reed sits at his desk, going over the history that he uh, that after he saw him, Brooks was doing rounds and took a second look on him. Gary is confused by her being there. Reed explaining that she was the only one who get, who didn't give up on him, sharing that she took Nolan to her lab. And then and when he came back out, he was just conscious again. It's fucked up that it was just like them saying like they were giving up on him. It was just three days, yeah. And y'all were already just like, no, nothing we could do, you know, yeah. like, 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 damn, dude. <laughs> Gary questions about her taking her uh, taking him to her lab. Greed considers him lucky that she was even there. Gary goes down to Brooks's office at, um, asking her assistant about seeing her. She explains that she's in session with Nolan. He wonders how much longer um, since he's been in been- Since he's been there a while already, she considers this to be a good thing. The longer the session, the better. He instructs her to tell Brooks to call him whenever she's done. Meanwhile, Nolan ain't giving this shit up, going back in a third time. This time, straight to a hospital bed, all types of fucked up. Not able to see the woman's face right away, who was pacing around him. Her face shimmers a bit to show her face, but the EKG machine starts beeping. Back in reality... Brooke's machine is also going off. She wonders where he is and what's going on with him. Nolan finally gets the face of the face of the woman to appear. It revealing to be a bruised Miranda. He clicks the watch and he's back inside the safe room, sitting on the bed and taking the watch back to those other memories, finding the woman in all of them to be Miranda, He remembers her being the woman that, that he saw on the couch in the apartment when he went over to quote unquote visit, <laughs> <laughs> holy shit! This reveal felt obvious, but yeah, like this reveal still, I I feel is very warranted. Mm-hmm. Um, because yes. what didn't feel obvious is what fucking happens next. <laughs> yes, 100%. <laughs> this was a shocking fucking moment. Back in his safe room, a man's VO states that these aren't Nolan's memories. Nolan goes over to the window, revealing that he has a different face of a fucking man named Thomas.
0: <laughs> yes. So I think you're right. Uh, this reveal is a good reveal because you really do think at least my perspective when i was watching this was this is nolan and this doctor is implementing a different subconscious into him technically that is correct but really from the beginning it always was this other person's subconscious and that is a good reveal it's not nolan solely losing himself and becoming someone else it, he was always nolan someone nolan was else. never
1: there yeah. yeah like it was literally that,
0: just someone else yep and that line of these aren't nolan's memories oh my god it's it's Fuck. it's that aha moment for thomas and for
1: us truly and it it and it penetrates you with like wait a second like like yeah. you know it, like it was a really just wow.
0: Along with the visual representation of the reflection and seeing Thomas seeing his own face again, man, yeah, and yeah. everything just clicks.
1: the The other reveal that we get later, a lot of reveals in this movie, but the other reveal we get very shortly after this, also I didn't really see coming either. Um, but like, wow. <laughs> um, stating that they, they are his memories and they have always been his. He looks around the room, not understanding where he is, then sees the pictures of Nolan and his family on the wall, breathing heavily as he trembles and touches a picture of Ava. Another one of his memories asking Miranda to marry him, his child being born, the sushi date, and his mother being prox at the restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. That also shocked me. I was like, oh. <gasps> The plot thickens. <laughs> he calls out to her, she hears him and calls back to him, not understanding how this is possible as he speaks through Nolan. She questions if he remembers, sobbing that he remembers as she holds his hand. She pulls him out of the machine. He breathes he breathes in deeply as he comes back, confused at his body and his mom standing right in front of him. He goes over to look at his reflection in the glass. He wonders he wonders what she did as she tries to let him know that it is okay. Tom is not accepting that. He questions what she did. She pleads for him to sit and hold his hand. She explains that, that when he, he slipped down the stairs, they brought him back. They brought him there. He was still alive, but it was already too late, um, trying everything. The doctors used an EEG, and she downloaded his, de- his data from the servers and waited to find the right person to upload his consciousness to. Already got to the point where she emulated it and hoped that it, she could do it for real. Thomas wonders how long he's been dead She shares that it's been two years Trying to accept that, he questions Why Nolan? She she calls it fate Explaining that he came there brain dead From a car accident, which she considered A perfect opportunity Not, uh, not even knowing it had worked Until she took the black box off And he grabbed her hand That being enough for her to know That he was in there But she couldn't remember But she, uh, But she couldn't remember and she couldn't force it, since the brain was still adjusting. Hoping that he could fully remember one day, having to get him uh, there to use the black box. Thomas questions him, not being am- an amnesiac. He uh, Brooks smiles as she shakes her head, reiterating that his brain was just adjusting. <laughs> he gets up, thinking if if she expects if she expects that. Or excuse me. Uh, thinking if she expects that he is supposed to go out and just be Nolan. She scoffs telling him no, going over to pull out some photos of his old family. He chuckles and smiles as he remembers his daughter, Ashley. She comments that he has a second, a second shot with his daughter and wife. Quote, a second chance to be the man and father I know you should be. End quote. All right. Let's talk about this. Cause a lot's yeah. happening.
0: Yeah. I don't right? even know how I could cope hearing that I've been dead for two years and. I'm just back.
1: (laughs) Fucking hell. So a lot's going on here, right? I mean, this dude is getting the second chance and yada, yada, yada. Um, But this is a very parental thing that she says here. A second chance to be the man and father I know you should be. This is a very parental thing. And, you know, as parents or as me being a parent in um, our silent night, also understanding this, our children in some ways can do no wrong. Right. And not necessarily our kids. Like if Ellie kicks a kid in the face out of nowhere, I'm be like, yo, what the fuck is your problem? Mm -hmm. (laughs) But like, there are some parents who are just like, oh, my kid would never do that. Yeah. No, when in like it, it, when in reality you know like their kid could be a drug addict their kid could could have killed someone their kid could have done all of these heinous things but yet it's their kid and all they see in picture is this is my baby that i birthed or that i was there the day of their bro- their um uh, yeah birth.
0: it's unconditional love Exactly Yeah um and you very it's much very see dangerous. it here yeah,
1: so Did much you see so how dangerous it could be in this
0: movie. Yeah, because it's it's literally sacrificing one person's life for your own child's life, and um, at that point you're playing God, and uh, yeah. it's unethical. Absolutely,
1: it's fucking crazy. Whew. He questions Ava. Brooks not giving a shit since it's not his daughter. <laughs> Bruh <laughs> Cut to him going outside the hospital in his newfound awakening. He meets Ava at her school, regardless of the news. She comes out of the school and wanting to try the handshake again. Thomas shakes his head no as she asks, um, as she asks him if everything is okay. He claims that it, that it is as she mentions that he seems sad. He assures, he assures that he isn't not truly believing him, but she goes with, she goes with it. Walking past Everts as she, he stares daggers at this woman. My oh goodness. my god.
0: It's aggressive.
1: Very aggressive. I thought I was like, ooh, he could hurt her.
0: Like <laughs> yeah. I thought he was gonna punk her. Just I like so real too. quick. Yeah.
1: Like, like it was definitely a, a scary moment for her. Um, inside the car, Ava raises her hands up for him to buckle her in, but dude is already setting those boundaries. He doesn't. Instead, he buckles himself in and she does the same for herself, then grabs the phone to type in the coordinates for dinner. She realizes that he smoked, reminding him that he doesn't smoke, asking him if he would like uh, for her to make stir fry. He irritatedly nods. She punches the coordinates in for the grocery store so they can uh, pick up some bean sprouts. He cuts her off that they won't do that tonight, wanting to talk to her about something, but feels it would be best if they do it at home she's confused, wondering if everything's okay. He explains that he needs to drop her off at Gary's for a few days. She doesn't understand why. He claims that things aren't safe with him. She scoffs that he's fine and goes over all the things that they've been through. He yells for her to stop and that he's a grown-ass man. He calms down a little bit, wanting her to trust him.
0: <sighs> My heart is breaking at these moments because I I have the assumption that he's going to leave her. Yeah. All right. He's going to run off and Become Thomas. <laughs> I'm
1: Thomas now. <laughs> like the 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 way he just was like so quick to just drop her.
0: Yeah, man. Oh, it's uh,
1: hell.
0: Like, It's heartbreaking. I,
1: like, even if I was Thomas, I would be like, I can't do that.
0: Well, you're orphaning the child, right? Um, right. Because like she lost her mother and. She had a second chance with her father, but for him to just disappear on her, man, how how gut-wrenching. But, you know, as shitty as Thomas is and he is doing shitty things, at least he has some thought, right? Because he's like, I'm going to leave yeah, her he, with Gary. Gary seems like a good he dude. At least.
1: He definitely, like, he thinks about it, right? Yeah.
0: yeah. He, he He doesn't just, I'm out. I'm dipping, right? right, it's right. Like,
1: Leave you at the school. <laughs> yeah,
0: because yeah. he, he could he, have. <laughs> he tries to set something up for her, um, and I think he uses his coldness and his distance to try and make it uh, as quick and painless as possible. Yeah. Um, but you know, kind of like it, ripping a bandaid off. Exactly. Like yeah. it's it's terrible, but he's trying to t- trying to make it as easy as possible for her. In my opinion. Yeah, I agree
1: inside Ava's room she doesn't understand why she's packing so much since he said it was only supposed to be a couple of days he tells her to hurry up as he stands by the door watching her put all her clothes inside the suitcase assisting to at least help her zip up her bag. at Gary's house he comes out to greet her Thomas ending within okay see you soon she writes on his hand before she leaves Gary helping her out of the car she grabs her bag not needing any help from him he uh, he tells her to wait wait one moment to speak speak who he believes his best friend still, Thomas sheds a tear as he rips Ava from uh from her only parent. Fuck. Even I writing mean, that was just like, oh god damn.
0: Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm like, I'm in like I'm choking at all these moments, like this drop-off moment, and then seeing that she's writing something on his hand, I'm like, I'm quivering. Yes. Oh, uh, I was a fucking baby when he reads it, though. <laughs> oh, me too. That's when Gar- I lost it, yeah.
1: Gary goes to the driver's side, calling out to him. He irritatedly answers. Gary shares that he found out that Brooks took him uh, to her lab when he was in a coma. Thomas answers within. Okay. Gary confused that this isn't this doesn't sound strange to him not sure what's going on but thinking that it equates to him seeing these false memories. Thomas shakes his head. Gary offering him to come inside because he's worried for for him going home alone, wanting him to stay stay with him. Uh, stay with them. He tells Gary that he just needs to be alone in his own environment. Gary doesn't understand, especially without Ava wanting to talk this out. Thomas cuts him off, yelling that, he, that it is just for a few days and that he just needs some time. Gary shakes his head in agreement. Um, Ava or nods his head in agreement, not shakes his head. Um, Ava waves, waves her last goodbye as he starts to, uh, starts the car and drives off. Stopping at the sign, finally reading his hand saying "Don't forget me." My heart broke, dude. Oh my god! The amount of like I when I first watched this, I definitely I cried on this part. I'm not gonna lie, but I didn't think it was gonna hit me again the second time. But it hit me harder the second time because, like, I know I was like Thomas was always
0: there. Her dad was never there. Uh, yeah it, it's and you know what it's so man, it's again, it was a very well developed character because yeah. although she has a positive front and is trying her best, uh this really speaks to her insecurities and her her fears of like abandoned. being forgotten by her her yeah. father and being abandoned right, and she even has it probably, she has an inkling of what's probably going to go down and that's why she's writing it on. Right. Like on. she knows. Yeah. And
1: like that, I
0: think that's what makes it even harder is that like, yeah, she, she and knows. she's powerless as a child. So, right. What can she do, man? It's, uh, and, but again, like as tragic and heartbreaking as it is, like, uh, it's beautiful storytelling.
1: I agree. Definitely agree. um, He looks through the rearview mirror, seeing Ava standing there watching as the cars drive drives away. Cuts to Thomas back at his apartment complex. Looking at the stairs, his abusive ass fell down. Approaching his old door, um, <laughs> taking off Nolan's wedding ring before knocking on the door. Miranda answers the door but immediately shuts it, telling him from the other side of the door that she will have to call the cops if he keeps coming back. Thomas tells her to, uh, to wait as he calls out her name. She's confused as how he knows her name. He creates a bullshit story that he went to undergrad with, with Thomas. She opens the door, explaining that she never met him he furthers the story that they uh, took genetics class but after that they went uh, they didn't have the same track and grew apart but he told her about the first day that he met her or but he told him about the first day that he met her while explaining all the things he's telling Miranda he begins to tear he begins to tear up she smiles asking him uh, what's up which I thought was great uh, for the (laughs) moment she's like she's like wow that's so sweet I still don't know you So like, how can I help you? (laughs) Yep, totally. He claims that he just moved into the area and wanted to introduce himself. Their daughter, Ashley, comes out asking if dinner is ready. He tries to peer inside to get a look at her as Miranda goes to check on her. She asks uh, she wants Ashley to go and finish her homework. She comes back um, that it was good to meet him, but she needs to take care of her daughter. He understands, but stops her asking if she has a moment. She doesn't, but he claims it'll only take one minute. She allows him to inside her apartment, offering him to have a seat as she turns down the burner. He sits down looking at himself in the hand mirror. She sits across from him asking asking him what's going on. He asks if she remembers his mom she uh she does, but they don't talk, wondering if something happened to her thomas asked asked her if she asked her if she remembers the dream project that she was uh, always talking about they chuckled at they chuckled at the thought of it, but he continues the question and she remembers calling it quote-unquote digital voodoo nonsense. He springs up that it wasn't voodoo. She doesn't understand. He chuckles that this is going to be hard to explain as he gathers the words to let her know that it worked and that Brooks did it, but Miranda still doesn't understand what what he's talking about. She asks for his name again. He tells her, it's me, Thomas.
0: (laughs) Bro, what? Yeah, whenever we... You know, not that there's many situations like this, but like, I feel like people could communicate these sort of things so much better. (laughs) But It's always just like, it's me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It was like, it's me, Thomas. She doesn't understand as he repeats that he's actually Thomas. Not believing him, she tells him to leave out of her apartment, claiming that he has five seconds before she calls the cops. He starts bringing up the memories of them together. It's shocking her as as he takes her hand to remind her that it's him. Knowing that uh, his mom actually pulled it off, Miranda's confused, wondering whose body he's inside of. He claims that he's he's gone. Um, he claims that he's gone due to being brain dead. Brooks considering it to be kind of like a transplant. No, that's not no. so unethical she doesn't uh, she doesn't understand Thomas also not understanding but knowing that he's real him hoping that uh, this is a chance for them to try again and make things right claiming that he's not going to hurt her anymore just wanting to try again with her he looks on the he looks on the wall noticing that one of the pictures are gone one of his pictures are gone (laughs) Oh my God. Or noticing that his pictures are gone. With further inspection, he, he notices all the pictures are gone of him <laughs> and all of his things are gone. He approaches her frustratedly understanding that he made mistakes, questioning him being erased. Miranda tells him that, sh- that he should go. Yet he doesn't, explaining that he died out there and now she, and now he's, um, being erased in there, yelling about the possible, the possibly, um, Yelling about this possibly meaning nothing to her. She's about to cry as he continues that this, uh, that it is always his fault. She tells him that she can't do this right now. He gets in her face, mocking her on, on when a better day will be. He hears a creak coming from inside Ashley's room. Brandon tries to stop him, but he overpowers her, pinning her against the wall, telling her to never touch him again and that she's his daughter too. Fucking hell. He walks into her room, watching watching her to uh, do her homework with her headphones. Miranda t- taking the opportunity to hit him upside the upside the head. Fucking not I'm gonna clean out did. too.
0: Yeah, because I mean, yeah, we see it here, right? We see his violent tendencies, and it's scary. And the way she's reacting and being fearful for Ashley, it very much shows that, like, oh, he probably has been violent towards. Ashley as well, yep. Um, so I'm that glad believable. That, yeah, and I'm glad that she uh, knocked his ass out.
1: Yeah, for real. Oh my God. Cut to Nolan slash Thomas back at Gary's house in front of Ava as Gary runs out for her. Gary asks what, uh, what happened as he touches the uh, back of his head, revealing that he's bleeding. He runs back into his car as Gary tries to stop him, telling him to stop and, um, and that he's scaring them. Thomas sees Nolan's reflection and then the crackling man's reflection causing him to get startled and hop inside the car. Gary yelling for him not to leave and allow him to help him. Thomas goes to his mom, wondering what's wrong with with him not understanding why he ended up in front of Ava she tells him to calm down and that he's and that uh, she's thinking questioning if he's sure he saw the man in the reflection he is she tells him that his mind is trying to protect him t- um, taking him to to the last place where he felt safe but she doesn't understand how it got control out there wanting him to tell uh, to tell him exactly what happened with Miranda and Ashley he tells her that they locked him out she doesn't
0: understand before asking already? i do have to say i love the touch of him going unconscious allows for nolan's caution consciousness to 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 take over take control yeah and then go straight to ava right and then we don't see it it's just black we hear some of it as thomas comes to um man that was that was pretty cool I definitely agree.
1: Yeah. Um, like it's really neat to see that aspect for sure, because she, she is Nolan's safe sp- safe space, right? It's all yeah. Nolan has left. Yeah. And Nolan is grasping at straws here, trying exactly. to get, that, get back control of his life and, and of his body. Initially, it's like finding as a well. coma,
0: I would imagine.
1: Yeah. I, I would definitely have to assume so yeah he he yells that he didn't do anything she steps she steps up or she steps up to him causing him to stop and shut down she was very intimidating right here yeah she intimidatingly taps his temples letting him letting him Telling him um, that it all starts there and that his brain is powerful even more than he can imagine. That being the reason why it is taking over because he's allowing it, wanting him to take over and be the man that she wants him to be. She questions if he wants to be like his father, forgotten and erased. She commands him to uh, to sit down on the chair while taking off her jacket. Meanwhile, Gary is trying to reach Brooks as he paces around um, while... Uh, While thinking, he notices the address on his hand. He asks Ava if he could borrow her iPad to look up the address. She tells him that, that, she tells him that's where her and Nolan went. He finds an article about Thomas dying in the complex and that it was Brooks' son. Thomas is being strapped up, um, to the black box, wondering if he gets rid of the crack, the cracking man, he will be good. Brooks tells him, uh, to think of it as a root of a virus and kill, and kill and Kill it, and it'll stop. But she doesn't know what will happen if it harms him. He questions how to find it, but she knows that he'll find him. He's ready to go. Brooke's telling him to choose his own safe room this time around. She sends him inside. He goes in as himself uh, this time around, him finding pictures of Miranda, Ashley, and himself on the wall. I love the detail that Miranda um, isn't smiling in any of these photos yeah, either.
0: Miranda and Ashley just look uncomfortable
1: yeah he looks at himself in the mirror seeing his face uh, uh, this time around inspecting all the photos that are all on the wall the door ra- um, behind him bangs and rattles he approaches it and unlocks the door before stepping back into the living room the cracking man walks into the room backwards as he twists himself around towards him finally turning around to reveal that it is a very very tired nolan thomas calls out to his mom telling her that it's nolan concerned she responds that it's actually his mind doing what it has to do to hold him back telling him to remember why he's there thomas then starts beating his ass as nolan pleads for him to stop but he continues the ass whooping grabbing a weapon calling out to his mom to get ready to detach him she begins counting down as he as he is about to stab nolan but ava's voice is heard from inside calling out um, to her dad You know, this also reminds me of another movie that came out in 2020, um, Possessor. And um, I don't think you were on that episode, David, but uh, Possessor was uh, an interesting flick that kind of had this same concept where they would be uh, plugged into a machine and they would force their consciousness onto someone else to um, act out assassinations.
0: Oh, yeah. Interesting
1: it's a very interesting movie um, it's and it's actually re- a really good movie it was one of the best movies out of 2020 for sure but um yeah it re- this kind of reminds me of that causing them to both stop Ava and Gary both are wondering what's going on as she yells for them to not touch him um, since he's still under Ava yells for him Nolan weakly saying that uh, he's there with Thomas Thomas over him Gary pulls her away wanting Brooks to uh, to work so they don't hurt him she tells him, uh that she tells him that they are going to restart the count thomas tells her that uh it really is nolan um, she whispers for him to stop and focus, but he can't. Knowing that he's still alive, she frustratedly chuckles about her sacrificing a lot for him, but he's still not re- uh, ready, and he'll never, he'll never be. Thomas takes a deep breath, telling her to get ready to count, count him out again. She begins to count, and Thomas is about to make the kill, but he gets a memory flash on the on the day that he fell down the stairs, revealing that he actually kicked Ashley and Miranda threw his ass down the stairs causing him to let go of Nolan and return back to the picture of him and his unhappy family. Mm. Uh,
0: I think this whole climactic moment is great. I do want to make a comment on how uh, Nolan is very true to how his close ones describe him. He didn't throw a punch. He was pleading for it to stop. And he sadly was just like taking the beating and um, it was so heartbreaking because it's like, this is this dude's mind and right. he's probably still recovering from the accident. Um, yeah, true. So it's heart wrenching. Definitely. Yeah. But, yeah. uh, it's just again, very artistically done. I got to give applause to this movie.
1: <laughs> this, this movie is very well done. He looks over at Nolan before staring at the door and walking out of it, leaving Nolan in the room as he stands outside the apartment door. Back in the lap, the machines are beeping as they are losing a pulse. Brooks not understanding what's going on, telling her son to respond, asking if everything is okay. Ava yelling for her dad that she, um, that she's there, Gary yelling that he needs to go to the ICU. She counts him out, taking the Hager off his head. Nolan lays there unconscious before getting a pulse again shedding a tear as Gary calls out to him uh, Brooks grabs his, uh, his hand calling her son's name he looks up at her then his daughter before reaching out to her instead immediately doing her their handshake Gary also checking in on Nolan to see if he's good meanwhile Thomas is just left in the darkness Brooks claiming that something is wrong wanting to do it again but Gary stops her reminding her that she took an oath then um, helping Nolan out of the chair before breaking her black box, telling her that she's done, knowing that she will do it again if she had the chance. Cut to Nolan back home, walking over to his side of the bed before sitting down, rubbing his wife's side of the uh, side of the bed, officially having a chance to mourn his deceased wife.
0: I want to probably just thinking about it, man, that Dude, I, for I got choked. I'm getting choked up now. Holy shit. Dude. Um, yeah.
1: Same. Like that hit me hard, man. Yeah,
0: me too. Um, I,
1: I, I can't imagine losing Kathleen. Like, uh, fuck that would, yeah. oh my God, that would destroy me.
0: I mean, I think that you and I were me. both empathizing at the same level for sure. Um, Absolutely. Going back, I, I, I love the touch of Thomas exiting uh, through the door because me too. The whole time I was like, what is he going to do? Is he going to stab himself? Like he's going to, that's just so tough to not only do, but to see someone else do. But, um, it wasn't, you know, we were told the rules of the door in the beginning, but it wasn't right. shoved in our face. Right. So enough had happened for us to, to forget put in that the, possibility, put it in our subconscious right. and to be reminded of it and. It was so artfully done, and kind of letting himself just fade out. I yes. wonder if Thomas is always going to be
1: like just a, a small remnant of
0: him, exactly a small remnant of him inside of Nolan. And I also wonder because all of this went down. I wonder if Nolan would have survived the this? accident. Oh, what if because of the subconscious download and because his active mind was placed in his brain when he was, quote unquote, brain damaged, what if this never happened? He wouldn't have survived. Right. So I wonder, I wonder.
1: That's, That's a good thought. Yeah. Fuck. I don't know. That's interesting. Hmm. Man. Ava runs into the room with her pillow. He greets and hugs her before uh, redoing her hair, offering to, and he's like wiping his tears at the same time. Like he's trying to like, like, Oh my God. He's trying to be strong.
0: He's trying to be there for Ava. And it's like, this is the Nolan we've heard about. Exactly.
1: Offering to read her a book. She runs off to grab one. Nolan looking at himself in the mirror. Miranda, um, on the other hand, is drinking some coffee while reading the newspaper of Brooks being dismissed after the patient's candle. Ashley coming into the room, wondering um, what she is reading as they continue packing up to move. Good for good her.
0: Move. Good that move. Was yeah. Such
1: a good for her moment. Yeah. Brooks, on the other hand, is still seeking a way to bring the black box back online to bring her son back yet again, uploading his brainwave into the black box. It illuminates and she puts her eyes to it, smiling and sighing from relief to see her son then
0: credits good ending open open open-ended yeah in that last moment um i'm surprised she didn't go to jail but i guess you can't really prove what went down (laughs) right fair there's no evidence of that
1: i mean but you but you could go to jail for patient abuse that's true
0: yeah So so i was surprised to see her just like oh i lost my job i'm back in my home office
1: Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah. I'm still continuing my studies. Like, it's, yeah. it's still all good. Um, well, there's no movie ba- facts for this one. Just go watch it. Just if watch it. If you haven't, yeah. just, if you did just watch, go it, watch
0: it. Good for you.
1: Yes. And like, God damn. But we will 100% be keeping this month going with the next film being Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. I am so insanely excited. And we'll be doing this um, with a special guest, two special guests that will announce that um, specific day, which I'm going to be very, very excited for, um, for everyone to officially meet as well. But, man, this fucking movie is great. Uh, but this was Nightlight, a horror movie podcast. I was, oh, before I even get to all of that, sorry, we took the hiatus, so I forgot to even do our, our last little minute plugs there. Um, We definitely want to keep this conversation going. Sounds like Twitter is staying. So I guess still continue hitting us up on Twitter at nightlight underscore pod. Um, And that's night with a K. If you don't want to do that and you want to actually join in on, on a more lengthy conversation, you can do so over on our Discord as well. We have great conversations in there. We were talking about Alice in Borderland um, over the weekend. and nice. um, Yeah, which I just started. I really, really like it. I'm pretty sure we're going to be talking about The Last of Us um, around this time frame as well. So, by all means, it's a very exciting time to join in on the Nightlight Discord as well, which is going to be in the show notes. Now, this is Nightlight, a horror movie podcast. I was one of your hosts, Prince, also known as Head Knights. Alongside me, we had David. Stay spoofy, everyone. Always and forever, also known as Nightly. With your help, we can reach more ghoulish nights with your recommendation to someone who would actually enjoy the show. If your podcast app allows you to rate our show, please consider getting, giving us 5 stars ratings, as it honestly does help us out a ton. For extra horror-related content, head over to patreon.com slash nightlightpod. That's night with a what? Okay... And remember everybody, don't forget your nightlight. light. We back!